Today, um, we are going to do something special. Every year, we've, we, we do this particular thing called our Kingdom Builders Miracle Offering. Okay, you're gonna see a slide up here. It's called our Kingdom Builders Miracle Offering. So I wanna prepare you that I am gonna ask you to give again. All right, <clears throat> let me tell you a little bit about Kingdom Builders here before I preach. All right, we started Kingdom Builders about four years ago because we had a few ideas. The ideas were, we don't wanna to come to the church every other week asking you to give to chairs, to give to missions, to give to this, to give to that, because let's just face it, that can get tiring for anybody, amen? So what we do is we ask the church to become a kingdom builder partner, and that means that you give above and beyond the tithe that you give to your local church. Now let me just explain what this means. Um, some people may not know what a tithe is. In the Bible, it talks about a tithe being 10%. In the Old Testament, the people that would have grains, they would have stock, they would have livestock, they would have all these kinds of things, they would give 10% of that to the house of God, okay? As they're, as, 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 actually, to be honest with you, um, it started way back with a king called Melchizedek and, and uh, where they started tithing to the king, Okay, and, and, and in the Old Testament, Melchizedek was the Christ type in the New Testament. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? He was a figure in the Old Testament of Jesus, okay, of Christ in the Old Testament. And so we move on to the New Testament, it talks about tithing, giving from your heart, all these kinds of things. So a tithe is a 10% of your increase, okay? Now, we don't check, we, we don't, we, I, I would never go and say, hey, you don't tithe, so you better, you better give or what else? No, we're more concerned about your heart being connected to what you give financially to the church. Now, let's just, on a practical level, let's just be real. How many of you guys know that it takes finances to run and operate a church? Amen. And I want to thank every single one of you who give every week. Okay. Who give every week. Some of you, especially during uh, these times that we're living in, might be financially um, in a place where it's hard for you to give, I want you to know that God honors your resources. And when you put him first in your finances, okay, God blesses that and he gives back to you. Right, as a matter of fact, in uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter six, verse 38, this is how the Lord says it. Now this is talking about forgiveness, okay, but I'm gonna talk about it with finances. Jesus says in Luke chapter six, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay? So when it comes in the realm of finances, okay, there's this, there's this outlook that the church only cares about your money. Well, I want you to know that we care about you. <laughs> Okay? And how we care about you is through many aspects, and we have to be able to share with you that when you choose to give in a tithe, just like we did just a second ago, when we choose to give in a tithe aspect of 10% of your increase, okay, that's the standard, all right? You can give three, you can give two, it's as bad as your heart's attached to that, all right? But when you give and you choose to say, this is what I'm gonna give to the Lord, God honors that, and I would be making a mistake if I did not talk about finances with you because there's two things that Jesus talks about most in the New Testament. He talks about hell, and he talks about finances, of the things that detour away from the kingdom of God. 
All right? So I have to be somebody who says it's important that we align our finances with our heart. All right? That's what matters the most. But when we talk about kingdom builders, this is not about the tithe. This is the above and beyond. This is, the, this is what you decide in your heart. So we have the tithe. That's the 10%. That's what we give to the house of the Lord exemplified in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well. But when we talk about kingdom builders, this is the above and beyond. This is not your 10%. This is I want to partner with the local church to see the mission of that church go. Okay, that's what kingdom builders does. So every year we come up um, with, a, with a goal, all right, a financial goal that we try to make. Some years it gets met. Some years it doesn't get met. Okay, like I said, it's not about... If it gets met or if it doesn't get met, what matters is, is if I'm giving you the opportunity to give above and beyond so we can see that pressed down, shaken together lifestyle that God has for you in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. How many of you guys would want a life like that? Amen? Amen. So this year, our goal, as we said at the beginning of the year in January of 2021, was $128,200. That was our financial goal. Okay? That was our financial goal. In that goal, we broke it up into four categories. The four categories were global, which is our missionaries that we support. We support 19 missionaries abroad, all the way from China, Africa, Australia, down in, in, in uh, we supported one gentleman by the name of Jacob Wilcox, who was right in the middle of the Muslim country in Egypt, all right? 19 years old, that's how old he was. Pretty cool, huh? We supported him. And uh, he planted a church in uh, Egypt and uh, now is back home raising more support for that and for his next adventure, if you will, his next mission over there. So, so included on our 19 missionaries plus two missions project, and we set out a goal for $13,800 to be raised for our missionaries. I want you to know that we succeeded in that goal. Okay? Really awesome. The other category that we have for kingdom builders is community. And community is about our community, okay? Not the church community, but our backyard, La Crosse on Alaska, Holman, and all those places. And so this year, because of your support of, of the above and beyond support, not our tithe, but above and beyond support, we were able to give financially and support a La Crosse Teen Challenge, okay? Safe Families for Children. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, we gave to them every single month to support them so they can continue on in the community. We also, um, in that, uh, uh, help with the food pantry, um, outreaches to our community, such as our backpack giveaway. Does anybody remember backpack giveaway? Things like that. Um, supporting law enforcement. As a matter of fact, next year, we're actually supporting law enforcement in the way of supplying for a, um, <clears throat> supplying for a police officer to train them in jujitsu for, for one whole year. Okay, we partnered with a gym and they're gonna go there and we wanna say we wanna bless law enforcement. Now, now that's just the start, okay? There's gonna be much more that we're gonna do, but that's just the beginning. That's happening next year. So really, really, really cool with that. Um, so that's next year, but that's what we talk about when we say community, also the Salvation Army. We also uh, broke into the category of home base. Now that's us, that's right here right outside these walls, and you'll begin to see a door opening here soon, okay? All right, we're, we're almost to that point. But right, out, right here, right behind this big black wall over there is what we're calling our legacy building project. 
we've encountered, we, we, we started this about, I would say about four years ago, um, three, about three to four years ago, where we started building and adding on to this legacy building project. That, there's a, there was a building that was built, walls were erected, and now it's been about almost 19 years where that laid vacant. There was nothing in there. There was just cement walls, okay, cement brick walls, and dirt floor with plastic all over the floor for many, many, many years, right? When I got here, the Lord spoke to me, I want you to finish what was started. And I said, aye, aye, captain. We didn't have the finances to do it. But how many guys know that when you have a vision, God meets it with his resources? Yeah, amen? He meets it with his resources. So here we are with Kingdom Builders, and, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it's working along. We are going to be wrapping this project up prayerfully, hopefully, by the end of December, if all things line up. And we'll be done with that. Amen? And that's going to be called Legacy Hall. All right, that's what we're calling that. That's where we're going to house all of our teenagers, big group meetings, um, just an amazing, amazing time. And then later on, we're going to be adding on to a, uh, a, a I don't want to say commercial-sized kitchen, but semi-commercial kitchen um, in there. And uh, so we can feed, feed the homeless and have potlucks and funerals and all the kind of fun stuff that, no, not, not fun stuff, but you know what I mean. Um, all the things that we want to do here at the church is what we're doing for a home base. And then after home bases are future leaders, okay, this is where we invest into the next generation, our kids and to our teenagers. So this year, we had the opportunity, because of your financial support throughout the year, we had the opportunity of sending over 25 plus students, kids and teens, to camp and conventions this year for free. That's, that's really amazing, okay? And you might think to yourself, well, why would I want to do that for teenagers? Look it, look. We have to be a church that focuses in on what's next. I'm all about what's now, trust me. I'm all about what's now. But if we don't focus on what's next, then we're gonna lose the church of, of tomorrow. Amen? It's, it really is that way. So I just wanna say thank you if you are a Kingdom Builder partner, the things that you have done, this is what we've accomplished this last year. Now, um, our goal at the beginning, like I said, was $128,200. We raised a total of $35,608.17. That's where we're at. Now you say to yourself, man, we got a lot to catch up, but I celebrate that because we had a crazy pandemic and COVID stuff going on, amen? And God is faithful to, for us to send 25 plus students, right, kids and teens, for us to supply finances for over 19 missionaries and two missions projects. Okay, all because this little old bitty church says, we want to take the next step. We want to do the next thing. Amen? So I'm super proud of that, but we want to give you the opportunity, and I get really excited for this time this year. We didn't do this last year because we were right in the heart of the pandemic, but we've done it every year since we've done Kingdom Builders, and I get excited about this day because it's an opportunity for you to say, I don't have a lot, but I'm going to sacrifice the little that I have to give today. That's what it's all about. It's about sacrificially giving, all right? So what I want, what I want to do here, and I'm not going to take very much longer, longer of your time, is I want to encourage you and challenge you right here, right now. We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to drop an amount on your heart that you can give a one-time gift to help us wrap up and finish our Kingdom Builders goal of $128,000. Now, that might seem like an impossible thing to do, but I don't know about you, but I have an appetite for the impossible, all right, I wasn't good enough. We have an appetite for the impossible. 
We should not be doing the things that we're doing as a church, but we are. Why? Because we believe that God is the God of impossibilities. Amen? So I believe that God's gonna meet that goal. And you know what? If he does, awesome. If he doesn't, that's fine. What matters is, is if we give you the opportunity to be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. Amen? There's been so many times where we didn't have, Kristen and I didn't have, but we chose to give. And the next week, God supplied in a major, major way. So I want us to pray, and I want you to partner with us to give a one-time gift today. It does not matter what it is, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, that's really the truth, okay? Whatever God lays on your heart. Now, if God lays $1,000 in your heart and you try to rebuke the spirit, <laughs> no, that's the devil. No, that's not the devil, okay? That's, if God lays $5 in your heart, then give $5. It doesn't matter the amount. It matters the, the intentionality in your heart when you give, does that make sense? We purposely don't pass buckets here because we don't want anybody to think that we're always after your money. That's one of the reasons why we don't. Because we're not about that. We're about your heart being connected to Jesus. Amen? So I'm gonna pray, and I'm gonna ask God to drop a number in your heart, and then what we're gonna do is we're just gonna offer that gift to the Lord. Now, we do have drop boxes on the back walls. You can give online. Can you throw up that, that uh, giving slide? How they can give again, Okay. Um, on that, there's a little drop. When you give online, there's a little drop down. It says Kingdom Builders. You can give right to that. You can write a check out, put in the envelope, and then after service, you can drop it right there in that drop box. But we're going to offer our gifts to the Lord here, and then I'm going to preach. Okay? You guys ready? All right. So, Father, today, in Jesus' name, I just ask and I pray that you would give us what you would set us to do. Give us the number, God, that you would want for us to invest into this last and final gift that we can give to continue our support with our missionaries, to continue reaching out to our communities, to continue to send and invest into the next generation and continue for this church, for this home base. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to give. God, we thank you that we have jobs to give, even if it's gonna be very little today or a lot. It does not matter, God. We want you to know that whatever you position in our hearts to give, we're gonna be faithful with that. God, we honor you, we love you, and we thank you and we ask you to speak to us right now in Jesus' name. And we offer it unto you as a sacrifice of our praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen? So don't forget to drop that gift off back in the back. You can give on here online, however the Lord decides it. But I believe that we're gonna raise the rest of that money so we can see the kingdom of God advance in a very powerful way, amen? All right, so before I preach, I have something very extremely important I wanna read to you. A lawyer and an elderly gentleman were sitting next to each other on a long flight. The lawyer thinking to himself, he was so much more intelligent that he can get one over on this older man, said and asked the, Lord, asked the man sitting next to him, would you like to play a fun game? The older gentleman was tired and basically politely just told the lawyer, I decline, thanks so much, I just wanna grab a few winks here on the airplane. The lawyer was persistent and saying to the senior, says this game's a lot of fun. I ask you a question. If you don't know the answer, you pay me only $5. And then you ask me one, you ask me a question. If I don't know the answer, I pay you $500. Now, how many of you guys would want that deal? This catches the senior's attention and keeps, keeps the lawyer quiet, and he agrees to play the game. The lawyer asks the first question. What's the distance from the earth to the moon? 
The older gentleman doesn't say a word, reaches to his, in, into his pocket, pulls out a $5 bill. Now it's the senior's turn. He asks the lawyer, what goes up the hill with three legs and comes down with four? The lawyer uses his laptop to search all references. He searches the internet, Google this, Yahoo that. He sends emails to all of his smart friends. He texts all of his scholar buddies, but to no avail, he can't find the answer. So after about an hour of searching, he finally gives up. He wakes up the senior, hands him $500. The senior then takes it, puts it in his pocket, turns back around and goes back to sleep. This is the driving the lawyer nuts. He wakes up the senior again and asks, so what goes up the hill with three legs and comes down with four? The senior reaches into his pocket, pulls out $5 and gives it back to the lawyer. <laughs> I read that this week and it just made me laugh. I don't know why. It's such a dad joke. Anyway, so for the next few weeks, guys, we're going to be talking about prayer, okay? We're going to talk about prayer. I love Christmas. We're going to hit pause on December 19th to celebrate Christmas right here, okay? And, and, and I love that time, but I want to gear up for what's going to happen in the new year, okay, in 2022. Every year, we take a week out of our church's life and we dedicate it to prayer and to fasting. This year, I'm going to encourage you and challenge each and every single one of you to go on a 21-day negative fasting and prayer uh, time where we're going to fast negativity, okay? You can fast other things, but I'm going to challenge you to fast negativity. Yes, that means being negative, <laughs> right? It means being negative. So I'm going to ask you to do that. All right. So for the next three weeks leading into the new year, we're going to be talking about these three things, significant prayer, declarative prayer, and prophetic prayer. How many of you guys believe that prayer is one of the most important things as a believer? Amen. Prayer is one of the most important things as a believer. The average person believes that, pr that, that prayer is when you lock yourself up, put on a shawl and begin to hum noises to the Lord. Okay. Prayer in its most simple definition is simply a conversation with the Lord. It's simply just talking to God, having a conversation with him because he loves to speak to you and he loves to hear you. Okay. Prayer in its simplest form is just having a conversation with God. Now I believe that God is a chatterbox. Who's with me? I believe he's constantly speaking to his people. The real question is, are we listening to what he's saying? See, before we get into it, let me debunk a few myths about prayer. The first one I want to debunk is this, is that you don't have to have the right lingo to pray. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have the right lingo to pray. You don't need, you don't need to know the these and the thous and the thouest and the thouest. Okay, you don't need to know any of those things. You just have to be you. I like to equate it to the man on the cross who was sitting, who was, who was beside Jesus. His only prayer that he could muster up was, remember me in paradise. And Jesus looked at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. See, it only takes you talking to God. You don't have to know the right words and the right lingo to say. You don't have to be perfect to pray. Thank God for that one. Right? That's a myth that you have to be perfect to pray. You don't need to be at church to pray. We love it when you're here, okay? We love it when you come to church to pray. But God wants to have a conversation and a relationship with you, not just here, but at your house, in your car, at the coffee shop, at work, at all the places. All he wants to do is just talk with you. And the other one, and the other myth is this, is that prayer is boring. I don't want to pray because it's boring. 
Well, look, if you're a Christian and you're bored, then you might want to check the distance between yourself and the master. See, Jesus modeled not just prayers, but he modeled a lifestyle of prayer. He taught the disciples how to pray, but he showed them the importance of intimacy with God. He showed them the importance of what it was like to have intimacy with the Father. You see, devotion to prayer and intimacy with God is the only setting in which we can completely step into the fullness of God's purposes. That's it. Devotion to prayer and intimacy with God is the only setting that we have to enter into God's purposes and promises for our life. See, there's all kinds of ways to pray, but I'll encourage you today that the main purpose of prayer it's not how to pray, it's not what to say, it's not even how to do things, but it's intimacy with the Father. That is the main purpose of prayer, is to grow more intimate with Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek first. See, when we learn that intimacy being with the Father is much more than just a religious obligation and is a relationship with the Father, we will begin to see our lives align with who he is and what he's doing. When we learn that it's much more than just doing the daily prayer, when we learn what it's much more than just praying for your food, I, I remember a gentleman by the name of Ron Ock, Senior, there's a junior out there, but Ron Ox Senior came and did a prayer uh, conference for us while I was a, a youth pastor in Minnesota. And he said, I don't, I don't really pray anymore for, for my food. I just drive by the grocery store and pray for the grocery store. Thank you for all the food I'm gonna eat from there, is what he said. It was pretty funny. See, Jesus said, I only see what my father is doing and I only say what my father is speaking. You guys remember when he said that? See, I don't believe that God the Father gave him a play-by-play -play of the day that he was going to encounter. I used to believe that. I used to think that he would meet with Jesus and you would go, okay, God, what's going to happen today, right? And I used to think that God would go, okay, at 11.55 a.m., you're going to meet somebody. Now, there are all those certain stories in the Bible where there's specific instructions. But I like to put it like this. The reason why Jesus could literally say, I only hear what my father is speaking and I only do what I see my father doing is not because God gave him a play-by-play, -play, but, but, but Jesus, the son of God, knew his father in intimacy. So everything that Jesus did was a true living example of God the father in heaven. And that's how Jesus wants us to be. He wants me and he wants you to live in such a way that we are a reflection of who Christ is here on this earth. But how do we do that? Well, we do that with prayer and devotion to him. We do that by growing in intimacy with him. See, but all this came down with finding that place in his heart, in, in Jesus' heart, to take a deaf ear to the distractions around him and simply be with his father. How many of you guys believe that there is distractions going on right now in our world? There is distractions going on right now in our culture that are vying for your attention, that are trying to persuade you away from your relationship with God, from, from your intimacy with Jesus. Let me encourage you today 
that when we come to Jesus and simply just tell him everything that we need, that is perfectly fine. There's nothing will make him request to God. But God would rather hear your heart, would rather feel you and hear you rather than just the request because he knows exactly who you are and he knows exactly what you need. He wants to grow in intimacy with you. You see, being alone with God is a reminder of priorities. Quiet time forces busyness to find its victims somewhere else. When we engage in the Father in intimacy, what we're doing is we're saying, busy life, go find your victims somewhere else, but not here, not right now, not with me. Prayer is intimacy with the Father. And when we talk about significant prayer, it's more about where we're coming from than what we're praying for. So here's what your dictionary says the word significant means. Significant means to sufficient, means sufficiently great or important to be worthy of attention, noteworthy. When I read these definitions, I want you to put your name at the beginning of this. You are sufficiently great. You are important. You are worthy of attention. You are noteworthy. Having a, the second definition, having a particular meaning, indicative or something. See, everything, 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 when it comes to our relationship with God is birthed in a seed of significance in your life. How do you see yourself in the eyes of God? How do you see yourself in the view of God's look upon you? Because if we walk around as if we're insignificant to God, then, what, then we'll always kind of measure ourselves up with insignificance. God wants you to be and to know and to learn that you are significant to him. Every single thing about you, you are worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy of attention. You are important. You are sufficiently great. See, if you don't believe that you're worthy of God's love, his grace and his mercy, his purpose, and his dedication, you will never come to the place at the table that Jesus paid for you on the cross. If we don't look at ourselves in the way that he sees us, we'll never come to the place at the table that he purchased for us on the cross on that day when he rose again on the third day. It wasn't just for salvation. Hallelujah, we're saved. Amen? Praise God that we're saved. But it wasn't just for that. It was so that you can be with him. You see, significant prayer is more about where you're coming from than what you're saying. I've heard this so many times. Why would God listen to me? Or this one. They don't want me at church. Look at me. Look how bad of a sinner that I am. They don't want me at church. Look how bad I am. Look, if that's how you're feeling right now, try us. We're not afraid of your sin. I promise you. We're not afraid of anybody's sin. If Jesus isn't afraid, why would I be afraid? Amen? Here's another one I've heard. I'm not good enough to pray. He won't listen to me anyway. This one's my favorite. I haven't been to church in forever. Why would God do anything for me? As if we're trying to earn God's love. As if we're trying to earn God's, God's honor and God's, like, his ear, right? I want you to know. 
It doesn't matter if this is your first time coming back to church. Maybe you're trying it out. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're just, you're, you're, you're thinking about making one of these things kind of your goals for the new year of going to church and you're trying. Listen, it doesn't matter. God wants to hear you. He wants to be with you. Why? Because he values you. He thinks you're significant in the kingdom. Now, I suggest you this morning, if any of these things have entered into your mind in any way, shape, or form, that you've been lied to by the enemy to believe that you're less than how God sees you. We've actually agreed with the devil's whispering into our ears, and the thought about yourself has taken root, and now you believe that's who you are. We believe what the enemy says about us more than what we believe what Jesus thinks about us. Now, if this has happened to your life, and that's how you believe about yourself, there's one thing that we all need to do, and that's simply called repent. 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 Someone say repent. Repent. That's such a strong word, isn't it? Because all of us have our own ideas of what repentance is. The true definition of repentance is to have a different way of thinking about that certain thing about your life to turn away from your mind on how you've been lied to and now turning to Jesus, the truth. That's repentance. You see, most Christians repent enough to get forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. Romans chapter 12, verse two says this, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants you to think of yourself the way that he thinks of you. And to be honest with you this morning, I can't afford to have a thought in my mind about me that isn't in his mind about me. One of my favorite preachers puts it this way. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my life source. Royalty is my identity. Servanthood is my assignment. Intimacy with God is my life source. So as I close here today, what is significant prayer? What is significant prayer? It's not necessarily about what you're praying for. It's not necessarily about what you're saying to God. Significant prayer is the understanding that when you pray, that you are worthy for God to hear you pray. That you are worthy. You, you, in all of our mess ups, me, in all of my mess ups, all the times where, where I fail, all the times where I, I promised something and didn't follow through with my commitment, all of those times, God still looks at me and says, you're worthy. You're worthy. He wants to hear you. This is significant prayer. He wants to hear you, all your desires, all your ideas. Yes, even if they're the bad ones. You know, here's one thing about bad prayers. Can there be such thing as bad prayers? Yeah. God, I just pray I win the lottery. I just want to win the lottery. Scratch. Not that time. God, you didn't hear me. Oh, Father, I want to win the lottery. Oh. See, when there's prayers that don't align with him, God has the ability to say no to our prayers when they would remove us from our purpose. Let me say that again. 
God says no to our prayers when they would remove us from our purpose. You see, knowing that you are worthy to sit at the table with Jesus and that he literally wants to be with you. The creator of heaven and earth, the one who spoke light into existence, the one who breathed into man's lungs and created mankind has enough love and time and he wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. Why? Do you think that you can measure up by your own strength to God's love? No. He wants to be with you because you're his creation and that's where it all starts. We have to believe that we are valued enough because he created each and every single one of you. The book of Psalms puts it like this and then I'm done. That he knit you in your mother's womb. Which is why, listen to me, which is why that this country and us as the church of God has to stand up for life in the womb. This isn't a political speech. This is a biblical truth that he knits you in your mother's womb. Despite the circumstances of how that happened, you still have purpose. You still are worthy of God's attention. You're still worthy of his love. You're significant in him. And when we pray, yes, obviously, God may say no to some of those prayers that they don't align with his purposes for your life. But when we pray, we have to pray with understanding that I'm at the table with the king and that he wants me there. Do I deserve to be there? No, but he thinks I do. So that's where I'm at. See, the significant part is on our end because he already considers you significant. So let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much for loving us. God, we want to thank you so much for finding favor with us. God, we want to thank you for showing us who we really are in you. God, we don't want to deviate from that and think of ourselves less. God, we don't want to have a false sense of humility. But God, help us to be humble, walking in your truth, walking in the significance that you've called us to. We are born for greatness. We are born for significance. That's who we are. Help us to understand that you want to hear us. Help us to understand that you want to be with us and that you never grow tired of our voice. We need, listen, I just heard the Holy Spirit say this, and then I'm finished. There might be some people here this morning who think that I've gone to God way too many times that he doesn't want to be bothered with me again. I want you to know there's not enough words in your mouth and in your vocabulary to ever tire God of hearing you. That's why the Bible puts it like this, continually pray. You know what the word continually means? It means forever. Everything's birthed from significance. So I'm gonna ask two questions here this morning. 
Is there anybody here that says, you know what, Pastor Jake? I've never given my life to Jesus before. I've never, I've never given my heart to him. Or maybe even lately, I have felt that I have been, been, been turning my back away from God. I've been doing the wrong things and I know that I have. I know that I'm better than that. But man, I've made some poor decisions over the last few weeks, maybe even last week or maybe even this month or the next last, last few months. I want you to know that God is here for you just like we're here for you. And if you're here this morning, you've never said, Jesus, forgive me my sin, or maybe you have, and you've just totally messed up and you know it. Look, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus this morning. If you're here, will you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down if that's you? Just slip it up, put it right back down if that's you. Come on, no one's looking around, just you and God. Is there anybody here that says, that's me? Good, there's one right there. Is there anybody else that says, that's me, pastor, pray for me, man? There's two, thank you. Anybody else says, that's me, pastor, pray for me? Hallelujah. Come on, can we give these two people just a round of applause? And let's celebrate with them. Let's party with them. Here's the last question, then I'm finished. How many of us here this morning, and my, both of my hands are raised, just say, God, teach me my significance in you. Just raise your hands and just say, that's me, Lord. I need to know who I am in you, God. I have a greater purpose than what I'm living right now, and I just want to see you in it. Father, I just thank you, Father. You see every hand that's raised. And I pray that as we walk out of this place, that the seed that was planted this morning of significance, God, will grow and mature. So that way, Father, we can take our place at the seat of what you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.